say i'm milo and i'm dave he's my dad and she's my lovely daughter that's how that works yay milo hello how are you not too shabby i'm sad you know why i'm sad why are you sad because this is the last time we get to record in this space that is true there are boxes all around us the they studio are. is closing down the lights are turning off they are but not on one the podcast. by one not on the podcast, not on the podcast. We're, don't don't panic you many rabid fans many. <laughs> the fetal mania that we, is we, our fan base we do not we are not we are not more popular than jesus christ we have never no. made that claim um <laughs> as um, paul mccartney famously did or yes. john lennon it was john lennon oh is it uh, i believe so could be I believe yeah. you. Anyway, we're not closing down the podcast. <laughs> no, I am just moving out of state, which is why our update schedule has been a little sporadic. But we've got a lovely guest in there. Things have been good. I yeah. hope you're still along with us for the ride. Um, but yes, the apartment that we've been recording in will no longer be mine next time we record. Yeah, it'll be someone else's and we'll, we will both will be recording virtually. Yes. So we will try to keep a consistent or even better sound quality. Oh, ho, ho. Ooh. If we can. Yeah. Um, but yes, we will not. You will not get that same room, father-daughter no. energy. No, we're going to try to recreate it through Zoom. And I think we will quite handily. But well, because we'll be so happy to see each other. But yeah. Uh, but I wanted to update the listeners on that before yep. I get into my episode. So we're setting the stage around us. There are many boxes and some, some chaos because and they're about ready to attack. Moving cross country. Yeah, I mean that's what it kind of feels like. Moving cross country. The boxes are an ominous force. They are in the house. They have a presence. Yes. for sure. They really do. Yeah, but I love unpacking. That's a good question. Do you like unpacking? Everyone I talk to hates unpacking more than they hate packing. Uh, no. I, I think I, I like unpacking better than I don't like packing at all. Right, because packing, there's like a deadline. You're like looking at the clock. You're worrying about whether it's going to fit on the truck, how you're going to fit all this stuff. Oh, yeah. But when you're there, you're there. You can take your time. It's an excitement. You can make some choices of how you're going to arrange things. Yeah, it's yeah. It's good stuff. It really is. Um, so I will miss you immensely, but we will see each other a couple times a month, which yep. is makes me very happy. Thanks, podcast. Yay. It makes it possible. Um, Most of it wouldn't be impossible. It just makes it easier. No, it's possible. Without it, we would not be able to do it. It yep. would not be legal. This is the only thing keeping our family together. It is. So you must listen, people, or yep. our family will disintegrate. Yep. Not to put any pressure on, but it's all up to you. <laughs> all right. Anyway, enough of our silliness. We we have to get uh-huh. to the episode. Yes, which are never silly. Never. Very. This one will be quite silly, actually, because uh-huh. of uh, the content, of course, and where we're, different directions we're going to go. And then it's going to get a little bit tragic. Uh, oh, boy. And, and a little dark, as these often do. They do sometimes do that. Yeah. All right. So a couple of episodes ago, I posed a question to my friends on Facebook because I was uncertain of which idiom I wanted to go after next because we've been doing this for a year now. And we've got 50-some episodes or so. And so I'm like, I don't know what to choose. So I listed three. I listed Push the Envelope. I I posted Close But No Cigar and Giving Someone the Third Degree. And my friends uh, said they would like to hear Push the Envelope. So I did that one a few episodes ago. Uh Uh-huh. A delightful episode. Great acclaim. It was one of the best. Um, 
So then I thought, well, you know what? I am still interested in these other two phrases. And my original goal was to cover both of Close But No Cigar and giving someone the third degree in this episode. Is there overlap there? Or was it just like, we're just going to toss these in together? No, there's no overlap. I just, I randomly... It was just going to be a bag of M&Ms and Skittles mixed together. Oh, that's a terrible idea. (laughs) And then blindfold someone's going to taste them. No, just put them in a big bowl at a party, which that's not a thing anymore because COVID, but like... The the communal bowl, right? Like, uh, yeah, the communion candy. Uh, Or, oh no, you get one better way. Okay, More COVID safe way. You get one of those like candy dispenser things. Oh, there you go. Just fill it with a mix of M&M's and Skittles and watch the chaos unfold. Watch their anger. What is happening here? I was expecting chocolate. That would bring me much joy. And you tell them one thing. You don't tell them that there's mix in it. You hope someone's not paying attention. Yeah, for sure. Because if someone's watching, they're going to know. Yeah. They're like, why But nobody, nobody really looks that closely. Well, some people do, but we'll see. You, you'd get some, you'd get some dupes. We're going to try it. You gotta get those dupes. There's always yep. a few in every crowd. <laughs> I was going to cover close but no cigar and giving someone the third degree today. But I got into the research for my topic today uh-huh. and I'm like, oh gosh, I can't fit both in here. Yeah. Especially considering that we go off on tangents every 15 <laughs> seconds. Um, so we're just, we're focusing on one. Squirrel. Uh, not squirrels. We're not focusing on squirrels. We are focusing on close but no cigar. Okay. And um, I had to be careful how I started our episode because I knew that these other two phrases that I neglected might have, they might have, I thought maybe they might be upset they weren't chosen initially. So close but no cigar and giving some of the third degree, I thought maybe their feelings were hurt. Uh-huh. And you know, you know this, Milo, that idioms can be very sensitive like that by not being chosen. Sure, yeah. yeah. We, we have several lawsuits in, in works against, you know. yeah. They were pro- thought they were promised something. Yep. Uh, so what I did is I gently approached both of those idioms and asked them if they wanted to be on the episode. Uh, it took com- some convincing, but they did. Uh, they both agreed to be on the show. Where do idioms live? Is there like an idiom city? It- it's Idiomville. Idiomville. Um, that's where they live. Uh, yeah, it's true. So they did. They both cried a little bit, but we talked it out, uh-huh. and they're better now. Um, Metaphoropolis. Yeah. Oh wow. That was uh, a stretch. Anyway. Analogyville. Uh, it was tough to convince them that they weren't second best, but they, they, they kind of were because they now... Second fiddle, which is their next door neighbor. Ooh, yeah. That's we should, <laughs> That's a pretty transparent idiom. Uh, second fiddle, I think. But that might be one we, we talk about. Were you in band? No. Did you have to do chair testing? Because that's no, the worst. I know about it. I have, I have to tell the story now. Please Sorry, do. we're already no, on tangents. No, you're fine. Tangent away. So if... People don't know in bands, especially, I don't know how it works in like the real world bands, but in like... In your fantasy world band? (laughs) Yes, my fantasy world band. No, but I was in band in high school and middle school. Um, Tell what you played. I played French horn. And I was the only French hornist in the school. What chair did you have? Well, that's the thing. I still had to do chair testing because everyone else had to do chair testing. And they do this really nice thing for anonymousness where, you know, all the trumpets would go together into like the side room. You know, like the, the cupboard where all the sure. instruments are kept. And yeah. they would all play, but it would be anonymous for everyone else listening because they just knew it was a trumpet player. Oh, wow. But so you're playing for the whole band, but they're not seeing who it is except for your section. Yeah. But the thing is, when you're the only French horn and you're really, really bad at French oh, horn no. because your siblings don't let you practice at home because it's so loud. Okay. Well, all right. Um, you have to go into this cupboard by yourself and 
shame yourself by being very bad at French horn in a cupboard by yourself, weeping into your brass instrument. Did that help the performance, the weeping? It did not. Oh, boy. Yep. Um, Did you catch any crap from that? Was there any fallout from that? No, I mean, people, everybody was nice, but I was very, very bad at French horn. I am better at other instruments because I learned them on my own. Yeah, like like ukulele and and, guitar. Yeah, you can play guitar quietly. You can't play French horn quietly. There's one tone, or there's like full there, you can be a little bit quiet, but it is still loud. Yeah. <laughs> There's not an option there. If you've got a touching moment in a movie, they're not playing French horn in that yeah. moment. Yeah, right? or, or if they do, they've really scaled it back. They've used some uh, some some muting or technology yeah. to mute that. Anyway, so that's my tragic there you upbringing. Well, a very shy child in a closet the, in multiple ways. It's true. Um, so yeah, these idioms were were a little. Their feelings were a little hurt, but we are going to go after. I wanted to do both, uh-huh. but upon as I was getting into close but no cigar, even, so I'm looking at that idiom and I'm like, okay, this is a transparent idiom. Yep. I think everyone knows what this means, and we probably have a pretty good idea of where this comes from. So, but as I started to get into the details. I'm like, okay, there's some interesting stuff in here that's tied to Close But No Cigar. So now that has its own individual episode, which did make it feel better. Cool. The idiom. It's, it, it gave some of its self-confidence back. I'm glad that you were able to help it. Well, I, I do what I can. Um, so this probably doesn't surprise you. This, this is not a terribly old phrase. Okay. But it's not super recent either. So we have a short one-question quiz for you and our listeners. We'll see mm-hmm. how well you do. Um, don't answer right away. Okay. What year do you think this phrase first appeared in print? And I'm going to give you a five-year cushion okay. on either side Only of five the year. I feel year. like I should get a decade. No, no. I'm going to give you five years because you're pretty smart. Uh, what year did this first appear in print? In print. Uh-huh. We'll see what you do. I'm going to say the 20s. 1925. 1925. Uh, you win, as I thought you might. You did, did not. I? You did not need a 10-year cushion. The first, wow. the first time they're aware of appeared in print, and I went a couple different sources. Uh-huh. Was it was in the Long Island Daily Press in, on May 18. Oh yeah, I remember that. 1929. 1929. Wow. I okay, did. I'm proud of myself there. I did not expect to get that right. I gave you a five year window, and I'm like, that's all she'll need. Yeah. I was wow. confident you'd get it right. Huh. All right, uh, listeners. I wonder how you did in your guessing. Um, you can you can tell us later. You can email us or put it on the Facebook page Heck if yeah. you were able to uh, to get it right. Uh, I was interacting with one of our listeners the other day. We did a quiz a couple weeks ago uh-huh. with your names, Smart Alec, Heavens to Betsy, yeah. and I had put on when I shared it. Like I got the quiz wrong, and then Superfan Jane in Australia also got it wrong. Yay, Superfan Jane! Yay. What did Superfan Jane think it was? You know, we didn't we didn't talk about that, but okay. it was the wrong answer. Uh, she didn't <laughs> guess Smart Alec, so. That was a sneaky, sneaky uh, answer. It was a good one. But you passed. I failed your quiz. You passed mine. Not going to lie. Pretty proud of that. We'll see if if, uh, the other fans, they they, they passed it as well. So anyway, back to this. The Long Island Daily Press, the phrase was actually the headline of the article. The article was titled Close But No Cigar. And it was about a man named Hugo Straub. Who finished okay. second in two presidential races he was running that oh. ended in the same week. Okay. 
So, Wait, what kind of presidential races? I looked it up. I did some research. I tried all I could find, and you can tell the glory of the internet, is that this same phrase about Hugo Straub was just copied and pasted in about 10 different articles yeah. with no explanation about who... who Hugo who, Straub. I looked. Yeah. I'm you, just going to plug his name in so I can look more into it later, because for some reason it's ringing a bell, I too, and I find, don't know why. I couldn't find anything other than that. S-T-A-A-D? S-T-R-A-U-B. A-U-B. Straub. Straub. How okay. did you think I said it? Not that. Okay. That's all right. All right. So, I don't know how, I don't know what he was running for president for, but he finished second huh. in both. So, uh, he the whole article is entitled Close But No Cigar. Are you finding anything? Somebody who was born in 1907. Yeah, well. that The timing that, on that be, seems. I don't know. He'd only be 22 then. Yeah, but he's also German, so maybe not. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right, so this is, that's the first one, and they didn't, there was no quote, but then I found another website, and I'm including this because it's odd, but it was in a, a Pennsylvania paper called the Chester Times, okay. which ran from 1882 to 1959, for those okay. of you who care about such things. This is the quote. An unseen pedestrian loomed before their headlights, narrow, narrowly dodged the sliding wheels. Close but no cigar, the lieutenant shouted. Was the lieutenant trying to hit this person? I don't know. Oh. I don't understand. Because, okay, so for people who aren't familiar with the phrase, because I think it is fairly American and we have a decent yeah, international give us, give us the. Give us the uh... So typically it seems like a kind of a, you're you're aiming for something. You want to, yeah. you're, you're aiming to hit something, either metaphorically hit it or physically hit it. Sure. Um, and you almost get it, but you're close, but no cigar. So where do you think the phrase originates from in your mind without knowing anything about it? Like, so yeah, you, you hear the phrase close but no cigar. You, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. If you didn't even know about it, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh-huh. So where do you think maybe where this, where do you, where do you think it came from? I don't know. When I think of cigars, I think of like mobsters. Okay. <laughs> That's so, where my brain first went. And right. we're talking about New York, so I don't know. All right. You think maybe it has something to do with the mob or New York? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, just I don't know why that's my association on my brain is mobsters, but it's fine. We yeah. can go with that. Cigars, mobsters. <laughs> I think there's that image of like, you know, uh, Al Capone chomping on it. Yeah, chomping yeah. on a big cigar, like hey, hey yeah, yeah, you know. So what I want you to do is I want you to read that same uh-huh. thing in your best old news timer radio twenties okay. voice. I feel like I need to plug my nose. Yeah, that's fine. An unseen pedestrian loomed before their headlights, narrowly dodged the sliding wheels. Close, but no cigar. The lieutenant shouted. That's pretty good. Thank you. That's I feel like the nose plugging pretty helps quite yeah, a bit yeah, with yeah. that. I like that. You know, that old timey. Yeah, they all kind of sound the same. See, yeah, see, look, look, look. Unseen pedestrian loomed before their headlights. Uh, I'm not going to do the whole thing. A lot of radio crackles. Uh, ooh, that, could you do that? Yeah. I'm going to do it, and then you add the radio crackle. Perfect, okay, yeah. ready? Uh, hey, so, uh, listeners, uh, an unseen pedestrian loomed before their headlights, merely dodged the sliding wheels. Close, but no cigar, the lieutenant shouted. <laughs> there it is. I can't wait to hear what that actually sounds like. So, that was not the first instance of that phrase. I only included it because it was odd, and I don't know what they're talking about. Uh-huh. It's kind of dark. But the site that I found that old-timey thing on, they actually thought that this was the earliest time that it had been in print. But I oh. did more research. Uh-huh. See, because the people at that website, fools. Oh. Incompetence. Uh-huh. But no, to see Milo here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast, a subsidiary subsidiary of Watch Your Mouth Industries. TM, TM, TM. We do exhaustive research because we are dedicated to bringing you the truth. 
facts and stuff. Uh, exhaustive? Oh, well, yeah, man, I, I was really tired when I was putting this together. That's not that. Is that what you think? That's not what exhaustive means. Well, I agree to disagree. Let's let's move on. Okay. All right. Well, I, yeah. A peek right. behind the curtain that was written by my father. He made me do it. <laughs> Comedy <laughs> he bit. He told me. He wrote a script for a bit. I did. I did. That's the first time this has happened. You'll be shocked to hear. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, it's not the first time. It's not going to be the last, <laughs> but uh, we rehearsed it. Uh, how did we do? Well, I think we did all right. I think we did. Let the right. listeners tell us how our bit was. Was it, was it believable? Yeah, it was. I thought it was funny. Exhausted. It was a little bit. Hey. hey. Anyway, let's continue. That yes. part wasn't scripted. No. Clearly. Uh, Milo. Hello. Have you ever been to a fair? Yes. You took me to a renaissance fair once. I did. Yeah. We, I don't know why we went just the two of us, but we did. Yeah, it was um, not that far from where we lived over in Flint area. Yeah. It was in Canton, I think. And uh, we used to go to the Iowa State Fair every once in a while. Yeah. Do carnies scare you? No. I mean, I think there's definitely, like, the stereotype of, like, I have seen horror shows oh, and stuff where there's, like, yeah, yeah. ooh, spooky carnival worker but i think there's maybe some problematicness to thinking what? that all carnival oh, workers are creepy no are you it's sure? like some classism there maybe no no not possible <laughs> uh let me ask you this yeah will you ride the rides at a traveling fair or a carnival you know i haven't in a long time i did when i was a kid and didn't think about it now that I am an adult, I think I would rather go to Cedar Point or something where okay. things are more permanent. Yeah, because you're driving by a parking lot one day on the same way to work that you go every day. And then all of a sudden one day you go, wait a second, why is there a big carnival there? Yes. And you're like, that wasn't there yesterday. This morning, seemingly sprung up from the ground overnight, yes. is this carnival that covers a large portion of the parking lot, complete with Ferris wheels and little roller coasters. Yeah. So Cute little roller coasters. You yeah, maybe the baby ones. So now... What do you think is scarier, riding one of those rides or eating meat from one of the vendors? Mm. What's riskier in your mind? <laughs> She's really thinking about I'm this. I'm really thinking about this. Uh, probably. I like, that's just, like, you can eat out of a food truck. That seems fine. Yeah, especially now. Yeah, like, that's It's a not, big thing. There's enough not... technology now that you can do that really safely. Yeah, but I'm, like, in the 80s when you're growing up, like, some of these uh, food trucks. Yeah, that, at that point, pff, plus safety standards for those rides were also yeah. not as good. So I just maybe, I'm glad for everyone who survived a carnival <laughs> from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, well, uh, I don't, obviously, I don't bring up carnivals, uh, you know, uh, there's a reason why. This is where the phrase originates from. Ah. It's a carnival phrase. Okay. Um, because. <laughs> oh, I think I, I I can piece it together now. Go can on. You? Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Piece was it together. like for the, for like, because there's all those little competition things. Yes. So what, was a prize a cigar? Yes. Okay. 100%. The early 1900s. One of the prizes at one of those little carnival games was a cigar. For I hope it was age uh, screened. Well, maybe maybe not. But the the people running these these games, they would be called barkers. Yep. This is something still they are. Would, I think. Yeah, they would commonly shout that phrase out. Okay. Close but no cigar. So okay. that rings and it gets people's attention, which is of course is their whole thing. Okay. So of course I have in my mind. I can see how this goes. It's the 1920s, and they're like, this guy's like, hey Claudia, how about I play that game over there, see, and win you a prize? And she's like, oh Harold, that would be lovely. What's the prize? A cigar. I want a divorce. See, that's how that plays out in my mind. Because <laughs> well, that's the next booth over. The prize is a divorce. So it's perfect. 
There you go. Play this game. If you get the, if you win it, then if you, you shoot actually, the little duck with the water, you get, you get, you a, get a divorce. divorce. If you pay extra, you get a stronger stream of water and a duck that's actually easier to knock over. Oh yeah. Or the guy those pays, are probably hammered down. Or the one who doesn't want a divorce. Yeah, they get they get uh, they just pay off the carny and then they, yeah. they get they get to fix them. That's, <laughs> I, no, no, that's true at all. So it seems that one of the at the these big games you could play to win a cigar. Um, and then the main game where this happened, apparently, is you've seen this game where someone takes the big um, hammer and yeah. they, they hit the platform. I've done one of those. Have you really? Yeah. How'd you do? I think I did. I think I did it when I was like 13 or something. So probably not great, but well, and then you know, I didn't get strong until I was an adult. And now I am a bodybuilder. You are. And yeah. I was going to say your, your biceps are, are very impressive. Yep. Thank very you. impressive. Yeah, you are. Size of my head. You are very strong. Um, <laughs> I am very strong. Actually, you actually are. Yes. Um, so it's the, you, you take a big. If you're not familiar, you take a big hammer. You hit the little platform at the yep. on the ground. It's like a it's like a giant thermometer attached to a platform, and you hammer the platform. Yes. And the thing goes up the thermometer, and you want to hit the bell at the top. Yes. There's like a little metal piece that slides up and down, yep. and um, the. You know, there's actually an electronic version and little lights go up. It's not as satisfying at all. And then you could, and if it would get close to there, that's when the barker would then say close but no cigar. Uh, you ring the bell, I guess you get a cigar. Cool. Which, all right, sure, why not? I mean, if you're, if you're like manless strapping, yes, smashing, manless. you get a cigar to reward your masculinity. Yes, and tying into some fun things with masculinity, they would challenge a man's masculinity. Yes. You there, you don't look like you have enough. You know, they yep. taunt people. Yep. And then the guy would come over like, Good I'll show tactic. you. Uh-huh. I'll get you. And then Here's would my go, five pence. Thank you, my five pence. I will show you, sir. And then they would smash it and it would go halfway up because it's rigged. And then yeah. the man would walk away humiliated and then they would try to get him to try it again. Yeah. And then uh, he did not Good get, marketing. Yeah, it, it, it does work. Okay, we're now, this is where, again, I'm like, there's not enough for an episode here. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to get into a little bit of fun stuff about carnivals. Okay. Because as I started thinking about this, I'm like, oh, this is attached to carnivals. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, knew it was something to do with contests, clearly. But now I'm looking at carnivals, I'm like, oh, no, there's some stuff here. Yeah. Like, carnivals oh are an interesting cultural thing. Oh, boy, are they. Yeah. So here we go. I hope, are you ready? I'm ready. Is your seatbelt fastened? Yes. Are the restraint down and it's working, it's clicked in place. <laughs> okay, good. Because um, we're going to go through some things. What do they say at Cedar Point? What's the Keep your off? arms and legs inside the, tra- the car at all times. Yeah, but they always say one thing right before the end. Oh, Cedar Point is great. Sandusky, Ohio, because they have... It's the best to, thing in Ohio. 17 to 20 year olds, um, and that's not saying much. Sorry, people in Ohio, but I'm from Michigan. <laughs> they have 17 to 20 year olds doing their summer job here, and they're like, this is going to be the greatest job ever. And then after about two hours, they desperately hate their lives. Which, fair, because that seems like the worst job in the world. <laughs> so I'm going to do my impression of a Cedar Point <laughs> operator. Okay. I hope this okay, works. Okay. So imagine you're buckling into the Raptor, which is my favorite. It's great uh, ride. Your feet are dangling. You've locked the big head thing over yeah. place and you feel like your head is in a styrofoam container. Yeah, and then you hear crackling over the loudspeaker. Welcome to the Raptor. Cedar Point. Great America's Coast. Um, and that's, rock and roller coast. That's what it is. Yeah. You got there. Yeah. You'll reach an altitude and a speed and da da da. They've said the same thing 
so many times and they've lost their will to they live. They say it in their sleep. They do. It um, is carved upon the... <laughs> the their psyche. Yeah, the yeah. very psyche. The, the cell walls of their skull are scratched with the script of Cedar Point. When they are elderly in a nursing home and their mind, their, their recognition of the current events uh-huh. are gone, they will be found whispering yep. in their room. They will be muttering about the Max Air. Keep your arms and legs and draw your day. America's a great roller coaster. Whatever the hell they said, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, so we're gonna go into some facts. Yep. Um, so carnies call rigged games gaffed. So if a game is gaffed, yeah. they know it's rigged. Nobody's yep. gonna win. And then again, rabbit trail. And then I looked at British slang, and I like this a lot. To blow a gaff is to share a secret. Oh yeah, I've heard so, that. I've heard that like, phrase you? before. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So that I thought. That was kind of cool. Um, a little bit of a quiz. Uh-huh. Obviously, these carnival games are notoriously hard to win, but two people do need to win sometimes or no one will play. Right. If you no can't one's, give it away. Yeah. If no one's winning, mm-hmm. no one's playing. But if you give away too much, yes. you're not profitable. So Finding a balance. Is that balance? That tension in life that so many of us struggle with. Um So what game do you think is the hardest to win? I want you to oh. think of carnival games. Yeah. What do you think is the toughest game to win? And there's a lot of them. Uh-huh. I want you to think of the carnival games. You have the the water gun. Yep. You've got the the throw the thing and knock things down. Yep. You've got the pellet gun where you need to knock things down. You've got the little ducks floating in a lazy river and you just pick up a duck. That's yeah, only you're, one. You're a duck picker upper. You have uh, you know a hundred of the old glass Coke bottles in a ring. Yeah. You've got the basketball game where you have to shoot a hoop. Yeah. You've got the balloons and the darts. Um, you've got. Those I'm going to say ones. it's the little fake gun thing, where it's like a fake pelletish gun. It's like a um, little BB gun-ish Yeah, thing. and you knock like little clowns over or whatever. All right, yeah. Or, or there's a ball and you knock clowns yeah. over too. Yeah. But you're thinking the BB gun one. Yeah, the, B, the any of the thing where you're like launching something to knock something down. Okay. Um, oh, and then there's the one where you throw the, the softball in the milk can too. That's another oh, one yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, kind of like a ski ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, you just, there's a milk can. You just try to throw it and get yeah. the, so anyway, the toughest one, according to one of the websites I found, was the dart and the balloon. I don't even think I know that one. There's a balloon on a wall. You take a dart, you pop a balloon, and you win a prize. I guess I could piece that together, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you looked a little vacant there when I said it. Like, I just this? I hadn't seen that before, but no, like it funny. made sense as a yeah. carnival game. I just haven't yeah. seen it. I know, I'm teasing. Um, the reason why is the balloons are underinflated. They're only uh-huh. they're only clipped down on you know where the balloon ties together, so they bounce they around a lot, a lot and the darts are dull. Yep. Which so, I mean, you kind of have to because otherwise somebody's gonna whip it into Timmy's ear. <laughs> Poor Timmy. What did Timmy do to deserve any of that? He's a little shit. He really is. It's kind of his fault. He deserves it. The easiest game, actually, I won't make a guess, is the one the where you toss a softball into a milk can. Oh, okay. So if you know the technique, which I think involves magic, some incantations, but uh-huh. apparently there's a technique. It's probably backspin or something. Um, and apparently if you know what you're doing, that's the easiest one gotcha. to win. It's so, like a Rubik's Cube where if you have like the exact right answer to it, like you can do it every time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If you kind of get the, the rhythm and the flow, you're going to yeah. win. And now for some facts to make you very uncomfortable. Oh, yay. We love it. From our friends at the... This is almost all from the Safety First Consulting oh, website. Oh, no. I don't like um, that. Yeah. We're off to a bad start hey, already. I, I, there's one story I may or may not share, just depending okay. on how you feel. Um, 
I might share it, and then you might edit it out if okay, you want to. Sure. And if you don't hear a really disturbing story, that means Milo edited it out. Uh-huh. Okay. So the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, the IAAPA. Sure. The, uh, as many call the IAPA. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, here's a quiz. Mm-hmm. Of all the traveling carnivals, and we're going to get to how many there are in a minute, but of all of them in, in the United States... What percentage of all the traveling carnivals actually report any sort of incident or injury data? These traveling 30%. carnivals. It would be seven. Oh, wow. That's 7%. not great. So said another way, uh, according to the Safety First Consulting website, 93% of traveling carnivals, of course, nearly all of them, are very difficult to assess from a safety standpoint based on lost data because they aren't shared. Uh-huh. Patrons have no way to objectively know if the traveling carnival has a genuinely clean safe record or a horrible one because the data isn't available. Traveling carnivals are under no regulatory requirements to report incidents. Yes. Now, some states like Texas and Oregon have moderate regulations involving a third party or an insurance company to determine the different safety, um, which is a sampling so other states, California, Washington, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania have much more stringent regulation to assure safety. And there's a lot of trained inspectors that are traveling, checking things out. Uh-huh. However, in Alabama, Mississippi, Nevada, South Dakota, Wyoming, and Utah, no regulation whatever is required to assure safety of patrons. Cool. Great. Now, this website is a few years old, and uh-huh. this information, so this is about seven years old, I think. Okay. It may have changed from there. According to the Texas Department of Insurance, the agency in Texas that regulates amusement ride certification, Texas law requires all amusement ride operators to have $1 million, a $1 million policy for each ride, okay. for each occurrence. And they must also have, guess how often their safety inspection is performed by a qualified third-party inspector? I mean, I really hope like twice a day. It's annual. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's annual. They get a sticker and then they're good to go. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, some some uh, accidents that have happened. Oh boy, let's do it. Okay, September two, two thousand sixteen, Memphis, Tennessee. Eight people were sent to hospitals, and six others were injured after they fell from a malfunctioning fair ride on Saturday afternoon at the annual Delta Fair. According to the report, Delta Fair owner Mark Lovell told WHBQ that a ride operator prematurely released the restraints on the Moonraker ride. Uh, Moonraker. He said no one suffered serious injuries. However, witnesses and riders said otherwise. Uh. Sean Owens told WHBQ he watched his children and 11-year-old niece fall 30 feet from the Moonraker ride at the Delta Fair in Memphis. Oh, my God. He said the ride operator and fair officials tried to get the kids to walk it off because they lived. Well, good. The Shelby County Sheriff's Department said 14 people were thrown from the ride, but Delta Fair Management said the sheriff's report is wildly exaggerated. Okay. Um, There was another story where there was a Ferris wheel. The car, as you know, should rotate. They should be able to just move. Apparently, one of the Ferris wheel cars got stuck. As the Ferris wheel's going up, instead of settling so that, you know, it stayed upright, it spilled the people in the car out as it got to the highest part of the ride, and they bounced off of different supports and struts and constructs until they hit the ground about 45 feet below. Oh, jeez. They 
people who did did not die. That's good. They went to the hospital where they were conscious, um, and I think they were okay. Okay. Yep. These are ways people have been injured. Okay. Wow. So a study conducted by the CPC at sorry CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, in 2014 found that roller coasters account for about 10% of carnival ride accidents, bumper cars are about 4%, and carousels about 21% okay. of all carnival rides. Can you guess why carousels are probably twice as dangerous as roller coasters? Because people don't take them seriously and you're not tied down. That's it. Yep. Exactly right. People, people are running around on them. Like, I, I know as a kid, I did that. Of course you like, did. Like, you'd get off it and run around There's on all it. kinds of rules. You have yep. to stay on your horse or your But people don't do that. You know, whatever it is, your arm. Have you seen that picture that's, uh, it's a picture from a carnival ride and it says, ride only stops in an emergency. Crying is not an emergency. (laughs) I like that, actually. It's very good. Um, And I I don't mean, like earlier, I was kind of, I don't mean to poke at carnies because I don't imagine that's a... a, Yeah. I hate that word. It's it's a word that's used. I guess. Okay. It just sounds... Well, it's got such bad. it's got such baggage with it, right? Yes, it sounds bad. And that, and so and, and maybe it's not a good word, but multiple websites it's just what they used for okay. the carnival workers. Yeah, I'm and gonna look into that a bit. I'm curious. If it's bad, I I, I don't I don't mean it. I yeah. certainly don't mean it to be derogatory because they take a lot of crap. Um, okay, so I did find a website that tries that tries to list all the traveling carnivals in the United States. Oh wow! There's about a hundred different carnivals. That's and, less than I thought there would be. And, well, they're they're very fewer. Apparently, they're very state specific because it was uh, yeah. listed per state. Okay. Probably it must be difficult to travel uh, among different states. For sure. I guess. Yeah, the regulations for taking that kind of stuff over state borders would probably be tricky too. Yeah. Um, so, carnival workers in America make an average salary of less than 20000 a year. Oh, my God. And they make about $9 an hour. For um, non-U.S. people, that is not a lot. No. Uh, that if, is very, very not a lot. If you're interested in working for a carnival, there is actually a website called Zipia, which boasts that you can become a carnival worker if you're interested. Uh, I can say that again in case anyone wants to write that down. Zipia. Zipia if you want to work for a traveling carnival. Um, I was also very curious to find out how many people attended carnivals every year in the U.S. And I will tell you, Milo, I was stunned by the number. Uh, According to the OABA, the Outdoor Outdoor Amusement Business Association. A lot of acronyms this episode. It's an acronym-heavy episode. Um, Or initialisms. I... I can't say. Well, you'll see why. I don't know if I how much I trust this epi- this uh, this association. According to them, we, just take a step. I'm going to let you guess as we do on this podcast frequently. Uh-huh. How many people you think they say attend carnivals every year? Five million. Five hundred million. Oh well, that's what scaled they up. Said. Um, According to them, 500 million attend people attend carnivals, festivals, and fairs each year, and they estimate half of those go on the rides. Now, this is where Across, I... Wait, but there's there's a okay. hundred traveling carnivals. Yeah. Uh, but here we go. How many people does the United States have in it about right now? I don't know. We're like... At like 2 billion? 328 million is the population of the United States. Oh, I was very off. You're very off. It's okay. They say 500 million people attend carnivals in the U.S. every year. There's 328 million in the United States. Uh-huh. Uh, a, lot, a lot of you people are going to carnivals a lot, if that's true. Yeah. But 
The OABA also says that the rides are very safe entertainment, more so than other popular hobbies in the U.S., such as, so fair rides are more popular or safer than these popular hobbies, okay. such as biking, roller uh-huh. skating, skiing, skydiving without a parachute, fighting wolves while covered in blood, <laughs> and insulting Chuck Norris to his face. Uh-huh. Safer than all of those things. Wow. Very common American hobbies. Those are my favorite hobbies, too. I, so, which wow. one is your favorite of that? <laughs> Yeah. It's got to be the wolves. Mm. I mean, you really create a bond with those animals. It's just a beautiful thing. As they're trying to devour you. But that's the yeah. cycle of life. I know. It's it's, it's very primal. It's it, it really gets you back to your roots. It is. <laughs> Being chased by wolves while you're yeah. covered well, in Well, we blood. do wolverines up here in Michigan. But... We do. Uh, they're, they're smaller, but they're vicious little beasts. Yeah, and they're fast. Yeah. Could you do a uh, wolverine impression? <laughs> I can do my wolverine impression too, right? Don't do it. Shit. I thought you were going to go, bub. No, that was Wolverine. No, I know, but I was, yeah, you the, know I was he also there. says Bub. He does say Bub a lot. Um, in fact, I just bought a comic book the other day, and it had Wolverine in it, and he said Bub. That's nice. Still. Um, to finish up, uh-huh. we're going to do a couple of facts about cigars. Sure. So I don't know like anything about them. I didn't either, because I... Have you ever smoked anything? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I am a goody two-shoes. I tried cigarettes a couple times as okay. a, a couple times a couple times okay. as a teenager. We would get break. We would go. We would slip out at night about two in the morning okay. in the summer, and we would steal cigarettes from this girl's car that we knew it was smoked. And oh. we did this twice, and we tried them, and they were menthol cigarettes, soon to be Ooh. banned. And I just it wasn't for me. Yeah, no. I'm like I don't. I felt cool doing it, but then I'm like, eh, I don't get it. One of my previous coworkers was engaged to a Cuban cigar maker. Really? Yeah. Those are the ones everyone wants. Yeah. He, he was a fancy man. Was Oh, my. A fancy man. Um, I have a Cuban cigar at home. Okay. I do. It was given why? to me by a friend. Oh. Uh, who was in Cuba. Who oh. is Cuban. Uh-huh. And was going home to visit. And she brought home some cigars for people. Cool. Uh, I hope that's not illegal. Please don't arrest any of us. I think so. I don't know. Should, you can, probably, you can bring them in legally. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So to finish up, I do have a couple of cigar facts. Great. Number one. The most expensive box of cigars oh, are the Arturo Fuente Opus XLTD, and those are $30,000 a box. I believe it. The Royal Corona is apparently the highest rated cigar. Uh-huh. This this one blew my mind. The number of cigars uh, that apparently are sold in the U.S. every year, uh, from 2011 to 2018, 12 to 14 billion cigars are sold Every year. Wow. And most of the cigars actually come from the country of Nicaragua. Oh. Is what apparently what the more recent thing is. So that's my episode, Milo. And of course, as I like to end all the episodes, what stood out to you? What part of this episode did you go, huh, kind of interesting? I mean, a lot of it. I think this was a very interesting one. Um, I did like hearing about the kind of the odds of the carnival games. I'm a data person, as we've talked about oh, before, yeah. and like that kind of stuff is really interesting, especially like trying to imagine how they gathered that data. I just love thinking up, you know, how they would set up those data collection oh, that, uh, experiments. In another world, you and I do that together because I'm looking at the social aspect of it. You're looking at the <laughs> numerical data yeah. of it, and uh, you're just kind of watching that interaction and how the appeal of different barkers and which ones are successful yeah, to why. I think, I think it's it's interesting. Um, plus, I was just like re- reminiscing about Cedar Point because it's one of my favorite places and I can't oh, wait to boy. go back once things are calmed down. Um, going to be a longer drive for you when you're in Texas. But yes. they have parks down there too. You they do. I'm going to be like 20 minutes from Six Flags. Oh, really? I'm, I'm right around the corner from it. Nice. So, interesting. Um, 
What's your favorite carnival ride, like or, or, or amusement park ride? What do you? The Raptor you like a lot. Yeah, that's like a roller coaster, though. I don't know uh, if that counts, and that's like a specific a hanging roller coaster. The cars underneath the track. Yes, which that to me is fun. I like that. The tagline for that one is "You get to kick the sky because you go upside down." When which you're is awesome. Teetering. I like that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, I like like the big big swings. Oh, you do. I, I love okay. swing rides. So either oh. we grew up near this smaller, very small, like amusement park kind of thing called uh, Dutch Dutch That's Village. Village. Sure. Yeah, but it's this little yeah. Dutch themed, you know. Yeah. You get like a little taste of Dutch culture and it's got like a couple rides. Yeah. Um, and one of them is like one of those swing things that goes, it's like a carousel, but it swings. And the chains. There's a, yeah. They're, they're suspended from chains. Yeah. And- so like that kind of thing. Or at Cedar Point, they have the Max Air, which is like a giant rotating wheel yeah. that swings back and forth. And I love that. It feels like you're flying. I I think it's as close as most of us will ever get. Yeah, I, I love it. I convinced Carol to get on that ride when we went. I remember. Together. She was terrified. She was not happy she's about so that. So unhappy. She thought she was going to pass out. Um, but yeah, she she won't ever go on that again. That reminds me. I took a middle school trip to Cedar Point with my school, you know, buddies, uh, way back when. And my one of my best friends at the time, Melissa Meinberg, uh-huh. she was like. Five foot nothing, if yeah. that. Like, very, very short girl. Just very pious Catholic. Just a sure. very sweet, quiet oh girl. We got going. on the power tower, yeah. which is that ride that either launches you up or you go to the very top and they just free fall you. Yeah. Um, and we got on that. And at that time, I was rather pious, too. And I did not swear. Sure. She did not swear. Well, but, oh, boy, did uh, she swear the second that thing moment. fell. Oh, boy. Fuck, the- shit. Fuck. Shit. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, we earned us an explicit. Uh, we sure did. Thanks, Alyssa Weinberg. She's uh, great. There is actually a story, um, as we are still wrapping up, but there was a story of a woman on one of the. You should, like, from my opinion, and it's just my opinion for whatever that's worth, I'm no expert in anything, but a woman went up in a power tower in one of those carnivals. Uh-huh. The seat fell off. Oh, my gosh. Well, she's at the top. She did not make it. Oh, no. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't think I could go up really high on a ride that. Maybe I'm naive or whatever, but yeah. like a, I'm sure that they try. People are doing that, trying their best to make people safe. I, I'm sure they are. Was that like a carnival? Yes, yeah, so it was a, a carnival. Okay, it not was an a amusement carnival. park. Okay. That, see, that would make me nervous. Yeah, I feel but, like amusement park is a little more secure. Uh, I hope so, but yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I've not done exhaustive, extensive research, so I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from yeah. going to a carnival or riding any rides. Uh, but Just be safe. That's the, do your best. The seven percent reporting, if that's accurate. According to that website, uh, that was like what really stood out to me. Like, as I started to go down more research and I had more questions, as I researched, yeah. as I always do, that's the stuff that to me was really that's stood uncomfortable. out. Like, yeah. Wow, that's some interesting stuff. Yep. Um, and it's always people always joke about it, but I do believe that people who are running the carnivals, I'm, I'm sure a vast, vast majority of them, if are trying to do their best and make yes. it as safe as possible. Yeah, I, I have to, faith that most people are are trying to keep other people safe, and they're trying to provide a fun. Family experience because yeah. clearly a lot of maybe it's not five hundred million, but clearly a lot of people. It's a fun like the Iowa State Fair where you can buy a butter on a stick, literally. Yes, fried butter on a stick. Fried butter. Well, of course, everything's yeah. fried, or they have butter sculptures there. Yes, it's it's very Iowan. And they draw a million people a year. The yeah. Iowa State Fair towards the end of August every yep. year. I think we went a couple It's a, it's times. a big deal. Anyway, that's our episode for today. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we hope that you'll join us in a couple weeks. 
for another episode. But in the meantime, uh, you should give us a review. You can review us on your podcatcher of choice or on our Facebook group, where you can also see pictures and fun stuff related to the episodes and just keep updated on our content schedule. It should be stabilizing here pretty soon. So thanks for sticking with us through some of the more chaotic bits and times. Thank you to Tony Gebhardt for our theme song. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, concerns, suggestions, any of that stuff, you can reach out to us at watchyourmouthpod at gmail.com. Anything else? I think we covered everything. Okay. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. It's getting to be summer. So uh, if it's safe in your area, have some outdoor fun, maybe at a carnival or something similar. Um, But yeah, be safe as you do so, both with COVID and falling off of high things. (laughs) At a carnival or rooftops or trees or wherever you may find Any yourself. Any of the above. Watch your footing in your socks. And watch your mouth. And watch your mouth. Can as see always. That? Yeah, thank you. But in the meantime, I'm Milo. And I'm Dave. Stay curious and carry a hatchet. Mm-hmm.